podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hello, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association, and thank you for joining us for this weekly podcast. I think you're going to be very excited about our topic today. The topic is entitled SIF, Interoperability to Promote Alignment Between Administrative and Instructional Applications. And we are very happy to have Jill Abbott here today. Jill, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Jill is actually a learning strategist with CIFA, and if you don't know what CIFA is, you will know in a few minutes. She came to CIFA from the Ohio Department of Education and the and Ohio SchoolNet, where she was an educational liaison and has done everything in education you can think of after us talking for the last few minutes. Uh, she's been a teacher, has worked at regional centers, and has actually owned her own business. And Jill is here today to talk with us about CIFA and CIF. And I guess my first question is, could you describe what is CIFA? I know it's a nonprofit organization, but could you give us a little more detail about it? Absolutely. CIFA is an acronym for the Schools Interoperability Framework Association, and it is a nonprofit member organization. Our members range from the entire education community, so vendors, state departments of education, local education authorities, government agencies like the U.S. Department of Education, international groups. We are an international organization, so there's a CIFA UK. We're working with Australia and creating a CIFA Australia as well. And we focus on interoperability between school applications. So that means getting data from one application in a school setting and moving it to another application within that school setting so your data is consistent across those various applications. We currently have over 1,500 members of those organizations within the association, as well as we work on partnerships with many of the national organizations like CCSSO, ISTE, COSIN, and those types of groups in helping promote education technology and education in general. Wow, what an exciting organization. Very timely, too. <laughs> the needs in education. You mentioned the learning strategists. Could you describe what that involves as a job description? Yeah, absolutely. Over the past 10 years in CIFA's existence, focused on interoperability in two different types, administrative interoperability and teaching and learning interoperability. The main focus has been around the administrative interoperability only from the standpoint that that's the easiest to define. A bus route is a bus route, but try defining a lesson plan, different uh, ways of doing that. So even though there have been ways to help with that interoperability around teaching and learning, I was brought on board a couple of years ago to really focus on that teaching and learning side of things as the data is uh, becoming more and more prominent in the school space and wanting to focus on that and how can that data now impact instruction. 
Okay. Okay. That's great. What a great job. Very it's interesting. Very exciting. You must meet a lot of people. Meet a lot of people nationally, internationally, and just about every capacity. And it's fun learning what they have and some of their struggles so that we can help make that a little easier. Excellent. And what exactly, I mean, the title of the podcast is SIF interoperability to promote alignment between administrative and instructional applications. What actually is SIF? SIF is the school's interoperability framework. Okay. Um, so that's the quote-unquote product that we have. It is a technical blueprint describing the standards for interoperability. We have two different specifications, as we call them. The implementation specification, which focuses on defining the data model, mm -hmm. and then it also defines the infrastructure and architecture for transporting of those data objects. So the example that I always give is when you have uh, children in a school setting, how many cards do you fill out on the first day of school with exactly that same information? And I hear ranges and answers from anywhere from five to 12 different cards. Well, as that information all gets entered in differently into each of those systems, there's inaccuracies, data may be duplicated, entered in twice. So what SIF has done is defined, okay, a student personal includes first name, last name, all of those pieces, and this is how you define it. So you enter it one time and it automatically populates all those other applications. Mm. Then the other specification that we have is the web services specification, and that defines web services. So if you're outside of a SIF zone, as we call it, then you can still get in and garner some of that information and pull that out. So we've defined those objects for 12 to 18 different types of application, ranging from transportation to gradebook to instructional services to assessment. So many people say, well, you only have one specification, but there's so many different things in schools. <laughs> well, that's true, but we look at it from a systemic perspective and combine it all into one technical specification. It is an open standard organization, so anybody's welcome to participate and help develop that specification. It doesn't matter what platform you're running, what te uh, technical background you have. It's platform independent and vendor neutral, as we say. So we have competitors all working together to help solve some of these challenges. What a great resource for schools, and it's very hard to do that type of thinking when you're in the thick of the school day and trying to operate a school. So Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. that's wonderful. Absolutely. I'm sure there are many challenges facing schools today around in interoperability. What are some of those challenges? Yeah, a lot of it is context-based and context-dependent. As we're seeing technologies more and more in schools, we're seeing more online schools, learning objects, grade books, all of those components which bring challenges but also unique opportunities. And then we have reporting requirements for No Child Left Behind and with the upcoming reauthorization and not knowing what that means. It just creates this confusion and, and a little bit of frustration with how do we go about doing this. And as well, every state has different learning standard items or learning standards to define what it is that a student should know and be able to do. That creates challenges for that vendor community of creating all of these rich resources, but then aligning them to all of the different standards, which some can be substantially different across the board. So we have to not only look at that, but then define what those commonalities are across. I mentioned the lesson plan earlier. Everybody has a different definition of what is a lesson plan. So being able to define that in a way that everybody can agree on, but yet be what 
what we call extensible so that you can add components to meet your unique situation if there's something different along those ways. Another challenge that we talk a lot about, which we're seeing more and more with schools, is that content interoperability versus content portability. Okay. And that really focuses on with content portability, taking content from one system and actually moving it to another system so it physically resides on that system. And then interoperability, where a lot of people don't want to do that. There's a lot of DRM, digital rights management, copyright IP, as well as if I'm updating my content, how am I going to get that to you so you know that it's updated and there's been some modifications? Mm -hmm. So really focusing on the interoperability of I use a system, but I can still access and play that other content piece from the different system, but within my own system, which again creates some of those specific challenges. I think one of the largest challenges that we see, which I'm sure comes as no surprise, is we call them data silos. So in most organizations, there are silos. Even though you somewhat work together, you still have your curriculum group, your assessment group, your data group, your IT group, your administrative group, and so on and so forth. And all of the, that data resides separately within those silos. So how is it that we can connect that data and use it and put it into the teacher's hands so it's actually informing instruction and making the best decisions for those students in that specific classroom? as well as for them. So we also focus on professional development. So if I'm a teacher and I need to re-license, uh, how can I collect all of this information in a seamless way, send it up to the State Department of Education or however it works in their local situation to actually get recertified or re-licensed depending on what state and what regulations that you actually have. And then of course the ease reporting burdens. One of the biggest challenges as well is as what came with No Child Left Behind also came a lot of reporting that needed to be done by different demographic groups, different grades, and the whole gamut. And so SIP came along to look at that vertical interoperability going from an LEA to a regional SEA and then up to the U.S. Department of Education. Those are some incredible challenges. You have your work cut out for you. <laughs> Just a little bit. How is SIF addressing and trying to solve some of these challenges? Some of the specific things focus mostly on teaching and learning just because that's where I focus most of my time and mm -hmm. my attention really come from the facts of the first one being work in the process of creating a learning and learning and performance standards repository. What happens now is that there are many different repositories containing all of these different learning standards that we talked about earlier and they're represented a little differently and millions of dollars are being spent on duplicating the same information. So we're creating with the educational community one single authoritative repository that all of those standards will reside in. The State Departments of Education will sign off and say, yes, this is my authoritative version. And then vendors and other content developers can actually use those then to align with their products. The repository won't do that alignment piece, but it will just provide that authoritative source. We're trying to ease mm -hmm. that component for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that we're really working on are various pilots and proofs of concept in order to demonstrate, yes, these objects work, here's a real setting, here's where we put them in place. So we completed one pilot with the assessment working group, as we call it, and it was with Pearson and the state of Virginia and a company called Edgestructures. And what we wanted to do was from one of their LEAs, which they call divisions, 
they do online testing for their high school graduation requirement mm-hmm. or this, the, uh, the divisions have the option to do that. Mm-hmm. So when the student took the test, then those answers would go automatically up to Pearson to be scored and assessed. And then that data is sent back to the State Department of Education and then down to that division. So we did that seamlessly with the SIF um, objects that we had so that there wasn't a lot of ETL or proprietary ways of actually doing that integration. Another assessment pilot that we're working on now is taking assessment results from a variety of different engines. Assessment is a large challenge, as you well know, in education, (laughs) from formative to diagnostic to benchmark to summative and the whole gamut. So all of those different assessment engines or applications, being able to take all of that data and put it into one instructional management system in a seamless, real-time way. And then the second phase will be, now let's assign some content or find content aligned with those specific learning standards. So then a teacher can use that with their students, either direct instruction or assign it through an LMS or whatever the picture may be from that component. Another one, actually some from the virtual schools community, is the challenge with the learning management system and getting grades from that learning management system into an authoritative gradebook. Because in those virtual schools, they have students up from all over. If it's not a solely virtual school, but if it's a school that provides that supplemental instruction, then they need to get those grades back. So we're working on a pilot right now to do just that. Take the grades from the learning management system that the student received and pass that to their home school's official gradebook. That should be done in December, so that will ease some of those pieces as well as inform that school. The third pilot that we're working on is with SCORM and Mm -hmm. with ADL, the um, Advanced Distributed Learning, and SCORM focuses really on learning objects and describes interoperability within an application. So within my learning management system, tracking what a student does when they go through content and reporting out scores and those types of things, which SIF doesn't do, doesn't describe that interoperability Mm -hmm. within an application. So we announced a partnership with them to actually work with, let's add some pieces to that capabilities of what SCORM has by defining the transport mechanism as well as expanding out the metadata and some of the other assessment reporting objects and pass some content back and forth as well as assessment results and some scores and things. So we just got underway on that pilot, which we're really excited to see what what happens with that piece. Powerful resource for schools and personnel and Teachers, that's wonderful. Oh, thank you. It's, wow. it, it's an exciting thing to see all of the challenges and then the solutions and come to fruition mm-hmm. to make it easier. And really, um, it doesn't matter if the teacher knows what's going on in the background, just that they can go to one application and see all the data and see all the resources aligned to those pieces and not have to worry about it. And if they pick a different application, then it can plug right in and do the same thing because they've all define their product by the same standard. That's wonderful. Generally speaking, what are the overall benefits? You've just talked a little bit about what, you know, one benefit for a teacher, but can you describe a little bit more? Right. What the benefits would be for a school or a principal or a teacher? Mm-hmm. What we have done is we actually did a cost benefits analysis, which you can find on our website. And we went into three different school districts and said, okay, you've implemented SIF, some of you for a long time, some of you for a short period of time. What are you seeing in terms of returns on doing that and some of those benefits? And one thing that they saw was a huge lower in cost. 
in terms of what they were doing because they weren't having to pay for custom integrations on everything. If the application had what we call a SIF agent, which does that communication, then they didn't have to you know, pay somebody to come in and integrate and do those components to it. As well as some of the schools found money. And that's because they found students that were eligible for programs that they didn't know before. So, for example, Title I or Free and Reduced Lunch. So one of the school districts found over a million dollars that they can use for resources for students for the different programs. So that was kind of an exciting, unexpected find uh, when we did that cost-benefit analysis. The other thing that they found was that it's really improving school processes. So when you implement SIF, that doesn't fix all your data issues. Uh, you have to really look at your processes and your policies, and by doing that, they're finding increased efficiency in moving forward with what it is that they're trying to do from a data perspective. And then the other exciting thing that we found is that one of the schools is finding increased student achievement. And that is due to the fact that the data is available to the teachers in their hands. They're doing some predictive analysis on that data. So checking to see where students are as well as how they will perform on different assessments. And then providing that instruction, tutoring, mentoring, whatever it is for that particular student and what they need to um, help increase their student achievement. That's excellent. Jill, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I know you have really piqued a lot of people's interest, and I was wondering if you could share with us, you mentioned a website, but if you could share some contact, the website and some contact information. Absolutely. That would be great. Sure. Our website is www.sifinfo.org just like our acronym. And then uh, in terms of contact information, it's all available on the website. We have seven staff members. It has all of our email addresses and phone numbers as well. Excellent. Jill, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank really you. appreciate it. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. And if you would like to contact me or to get more information about USDLA, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thanks a lot and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.